<laughs> Hello, you're listening to, uh, you just heard somebody's going to get their head kicked in tonight by uh, the, Rizio, the Rizillos, and uh, you're listening to Talking About Practice. I'm your, one of your hosts, Billy Ray Stupendous. And I'm the other host, the Mizza. And today we are joined by three ladies who are wearing clothes. <laughs> it's not so much that we're ladies, it's that we're entertaining. Humans. But we could not be wearing clothes. We wouldn't know. That's true. Um, work. I think I was about to tell you about um, this girl that I work with at the bar. And how she um, is a very curvy girl. And yeah. she looks great. I love how she looks. And um, the fact that she is one of the things she does. She's a cam girl also. And one of the things she, that she does that makes her a lot of money is like cooking bacon in her, <laughs> in her oh, kitchen. And just like wearing pajamas and like. Being like sexy, curvy girlfriend. She also she's uh has very bright red hair and she wears glasses and she has a big tattoo on her arm. So she's also like alt girl, you know. Um, that's a pro- that's but a pro- she's like alt girlfriend. You know what I mean? Like that's a she's like an earner. Yeah, she she's do- well, yeah, curvy redhead. I mean, please come on, yeah. Yo. <laughs> How many search strings is that in? A million. Uh- um, Mario, you gotta get her on the podcast, Mizza. You could totally interview her. She's wonderful. Well, not interview her, but she'd talk to you, probably. All right. She's wonderful. We we try to have. We're we're trying to have more guests. <laughs> She'll teach you all about. We're trying to have a guest every planning. week. Urban planning. Yeah. We have lots of good topics. Okay. <laughs> uh, I know you. So do. I want to talk about topics. I just was saying that we could. Tonight's you know, topic is. Conflict. Okay. Conflict. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> When's the last How time about... you were in an argument? Uh, like me personally, or just like involved in one for whatever it, reason. Any story you want to tell? Wait a minute. Huh? I didn't introduce our guest. That's that's true. Uh, coming to How dare you. Coming to y'all from Chicago. It is Kristen. Hi. And from New York City, Nat. And hey guys. From right here in New Orleans, it's Ariel. Don't you know, you gotta, like, say more about them and, like, what makes them awesome say, to give the viewer, yeah. the, the listenership, like, uh, some context for them. They want to be All like, right, oh, well, that's the one, this one with this opinion I've is the one that... I'm trying to think of three, you know the game, the game, you know, Two Truths and a Lie? Yes. I really want some better truths, so I was just at an exhibit featuring a giant piece of the Titanic mm-hmm. <laughs> in the Luxor Hotel in Las Vegas. And I really wanted to touch it, like, really badly. And uh, I probably could have gotten away with it because that way one of my truths could be I've touched the Titanic. This morning? What, what at- piece of the Titanic? 
It's like called the big piece. It's the biggest piece that's come out of the water. Um, <laughs> it's a massive, Humans! massive What? I was just really excited that they had called it the big piece. You said, quote, quotation marks in addition like, to capitalizing every single they word. Quote, they call it, quote, the big piece. I'm Where is that right now? Piece. It took a massive project to get it out of the water because just it's just so heavy and it's so deep. Um, and where's the so big I, piece right I now? I had an inner conflict. I have a conflict with myself all the time with uh, the ethical boundaries that I would like to cross. <laughs> I don't think that there's anything unethical about touching a giant piece of the Titanic. Mm-hmm. I wanted to touch it so bad. Um, where, where, listen, I other people's rules they aren't your ethics. <laughs> like, what? They I said other people's rules are not your ethics. Not is it really that bad touch. that you touch it? What? I'm sorry. It is on exhibit at the Luxor, Luxor for 10 years, I think, maybe longer. Ten yeah, touch exhibit. the shit out of that shit. Fuck them. Fuck the Luxor. Go That's history. You're allowed to make your own destiny, destiny and touch it. Also, I want to say, good job drinking a dark and stormy out of a Moscow Mule mug. I noticed. I noticed. Kristen, oh, you you're going to get a second chance to touch that thing. Those you are fighting it. words, Ariel. Those are fighting words? <laughs> and Moscow Mule was the first alcoholic beverage I ever had. Back. They're my go-to for giving to other people because they tend to be easy. They're super easy. They taste delicious. Yeah, you can eight. use as shitty vodka as you want. And hell yes, Moscow Mules. <laughs> Especially Allie, do you get in a fight with anybody at your work anytime? Ooh. All the time. But it's not personal. It's just, yeah. you know, like, Grab you almost have area. like someone's lawyer. Like, you're representing Please them, so you have to fight yeah. their battles for them. Those are the kind of fights. What do you do, Natalie? I work in, in public relations and media. Okay. So it's a lot of, yeah, like sometimes, you know, you have to fight for people in the good and the bad, even when they're wrong, you have to like, you like Olivia Pope off scandal, like sweep it under the rug. <laughs> have you ever had conflict within yourself about doing something like that? Or you don't care? Sure. And I always flag it with people. Um, but I try, I've been better as I've grown older of like staying away from anything that I just personally can't work on because I've had toxic clients mostly in the celebrity world I'll never do celebrity PR again if you find out all the smoke and mirrors and it's really depressing and you learn that pretty much the only nice celebrity in Hollywood at this point is Matt Damon that's it <laughs> what about Jennifer Lawrence? Do you know nice? about Bill Cosby? You know the thing? Bill Cosby thing? I didn't hear it. He's not nice. Dude, Bill Cosby, um, a bunch of women have brought sexual assault charges against him. I know. Really? Bill Cosby. Don't want to think about it. But um, also, the reason this bothers me is because, um, so, for example, at my work, uh, there's a new Bill Cosby biography out, right? Mentions nothing about this. Like, it's supposed to be a biography. 
even if it's not true, you have to mention it in the biography if it's to be an accurate biography. So I feel like an asshole buying this book, you know? Inner conflict is what I'm well, getting back to. I feel to. like somebody called out the author for not mentioning any of this scandal, and he gave sure. a reason. I don't remember what was the reason. The reason was some PR shit like she could come up with if she was immoral or, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, it was like, I about, <laughs> maybe you I are. I hear about a nameless, <laughs> an unnamed celebrity that you had a conflict in, in protecting due to a sexy scandal. Well, it was probably that you know, <laughs> a sexy scandal. In order Not to gain like access, <laughs> in order to I gain access to Bill Cosby, you had to promise. You know what I mean? Like, right. That's you had a, to sign an agreement. You like yeah, you de- you decide like, that ahead of time. Does that make sense, Nat? Yeah. No, you sign like you sign an agreement. You sign NDAs. But I still feel like any. I mean, if he was like Bill Cosby's official biographer that would make sense but it it seemed to me like he wanted to write like this very 360 view on bill cosby and just happened to like leave all that out which is what's really bizarre about yeah it's uh, okay so think about me i'm buying this book as like non-fiction like to a certain extent i'm like taking I mean, this is so problematic. There's so many books that you're just like, oh my god, I cannot believe you're nonfiction. But, um, <laughs> there should be a whole other section. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, like, it's one thing if it's, like, the official Bill Cosby biography that he, like, co-wrote or something. But this is, you know, someone, a reporter who was like, I'm going to write the definitive um, narrative on Bill Cosby. Oh, and by the way, like, I'm not even going to put in a footnote of all this text. Right, right. There's not even, like, a mention of it, but, I mean, every biography sort of proposes itself to be a definitive biography. You know, like, that's kind of, like, the point. That's, like, a... It's not just, like, memoirs. It's not just, like, some shit about Bill Cosby. It's, like, this is his biography. Like that. But I feel well, it's like, but the, but, the, it but the biography is pitched at his fans, right? So, the like, a lot of people might want to read about Bill Cosby's sex life, but maybe not his hardcore fans. Like the ones who most want to buy the book, maybe That's don't want. That's not his wanna... sex life. That's like an actual, like a legal problem he has in his life. And I wouldn't necessarily say that was true because I feel like. There are biographies out there on, I don't know, Marlon Brando or whatever that, like, clearly they wanted to gain some sort of access, so they work with his trust and his family. But at the same time, like, they do, they do publish, like, a lot of the conflict. And they do, like, kind of unearth these things that have been swept under the rug for years so it's like okay fine if you want to like work hand in hand with Bill Cosby and like get all this access to him and deliver this biography I feel like there's some biographies that are very explicit about that but this was like sold to everyone like it was even in the New Yorker like it was sold to everyone as like the definitive Bill Cosby like the stuff you didn't know and it's like that that's marketing a lot of stuff that people don't know about it yeah. yeah, but here's the thing. Everything's like that. I used to date this guy who was a travel writer. And 
he just like everything he got for free he positively reviewed because duh because really? duh yeah. <laughs> like yeah Wait, yeah he's gonna who's your, who was your voice i get annoyed when reviews of trips i'm like trying to read trip advisor i'm trying to get reviews and it's like we got upgraded and i stopped reading because i'm like you got upgraded yeah. i can't read this is not accurate this is not what i'm going to experience right. like you're thrilled with the value that you got you know you didn't pay anything like <laughs> it's not accurate yeah that's nat, true nat you know all about that you did you did that work. yeah i'm wondering who your boyfriend was because maybe i worked with him um I would feel bad now <laughs> saying, um, he's British. I'll say that. Where did he live? New Orleans and London. Okay. Well, I mean, New Orleans now. Yeah, that's like a huge landmine of conflict of interest stuff. Yeah. Because the only reason that we're sending the rider to this hotel is so the hotel can get positive press. Right, right, but, and that's like a press junket. I mean, it's like, there's a phrase for this, press junket. But then I you know? felt conflicted always, because I'm like, okay, if I were the journalist, and this hotel was actually really not up to par, I would actually, I would, I would feel like I needed to write that in a story, but then seeing it from the PR person perspective, it's like, you understand that it's a job, and you're kind of like, Sending flowers and chocolates to these people so they write the best thing you've ever right, read. right. You're you're bribing them for a positive review. Yeah, um, that's everyone acknowledges that, you know. Um, but the thing is, that's why. Then it's like, okay, then there's Yelp. They're an extortion and they're not, racket, and they're not paid, but you can fuck with Yelp, you know. Um. Mm, I don't know. And the, the the people who write reviews for Yelp are are mostly pretty lame. So <laughs> you know, I don't I think was, we can hold that. I again. write Yelp reviews. I was at this. I only um, write them if they're bad. Really so. popular leather bar in New York. It's like one of the last ones left. Mm -hmm. And this guy who was really young, I want to say he was like 18, by far the youngest guy, because everyone else was like Hell's Angel and like six years old. He was saying, how come we don't have a Yelp for Grindr or for like these <laughs> sex dating apps? And I think that's a really good idea. There like, is one. There's a couple actually. Um, there's like a lady. Wait, have you, you've not heard of this. There's like a ladies only um, review site for like dudes you've dated. Yeah, Sam and um, Sam and her friends, my good friend Sam and her friends, have, have actually have an Excel spreadsheet mm. to like keep that all organized. I mean, that's fair. That's more fair than the online one. I mean, these things. But are, I have heard of that though. If dudes were doing that, I would be like, I'm not surprised, but you're awful. I hate you. I think it's necessary for Grinder because the pool of people on Grindr is already so selective and small to begin with. And I think, like, I hear from a lot of, like, these gay men that they wish they would have seen a reviewer of star rating before they even got involved with this person. Because what will happen is they'll sleep with someone and then their friend will be like, Bobby, you slept with Bobby? I would have told you not to. Like, this is... So, you know, they were like, we should just have a, a Yelp for guys on Grindr. <laughs> There is one. I'm telling you, that exists. 
That, okay. It's like a ladies only thing. Only? Um, I don't remember what it's called. You can Google for that shit, lady. Um, I'm Googling but, right now. Okay, Google that shit. I don't want to take my eyes off of you guys, but I will Google it after. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she'll tell us, I guess. I mean, presumably. I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a rating site for dudes, and it's girls only. That's, like, enough information that you'll be able to find it. It's not giving me the special effects that we wanted. Isn't it under the red token? Is it? Oh, no, never mind. No, that's not it. Have you guys have sex successfully hooked up with somebody uh, through an app? No. No, I haven't. Wait, what are you? Mario? What was the question? What was the question? Like, have you used Tinder or like you know Tinder or something to like actually get I've, like in touch with somebody? I've never used Tinder or Grinder, but I've used it, been using OkCupid for five years or so. Yeah, four four years, four years or so, and I've met amazing people. Um, I have an amazing OkCupid batting average, um, where I uh, people that I meet up with, I tend to uh, become very good friends with them, like uh, year long friendships, years long friendships. Um, However, would you, say that your, would you say that your online charisma is really good? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, I'd but say I present myself as I actually I'm am. reading a book I'm about the art of charisma. And mm. it's like, I'm, some people get frustrated because they're like, you, they think charisma is something in me. And it's actually charisma is something that can be carefully cultivated. And they separated really? between people who are charismatic offline, then charismatic online, and it's very rare to have someone who's both. Hmm. So I've been fascinated with it, and I suck at OkCupid. Like I actually shut down on OkCupid and all these apps, which is why they don't work for me. So I'm wondering, like, if you're successful, like, what is it Extremely about how to present yourself that you feel? contributes to that success well i have a couple comments on that first of all i've been doing it for a long time i've been meeting people from the internet for um you're diligent at least 13 years like i've been meeting strangers from the internet for 13 years um essentially uh and no i'm not diligent i am like maybe i'm diligent i don't know i met this stranger just, you, you were know. diligent this time. I was... What do you mean I was diligent? I mean, like... You kept the conversation going when it could have... Oh. Well, yeah, I enjoyed fucking with you. I mean, you... I mean... <laughs> dude, this guy has, like... Ladies, I hope he shows you his online profiles. There. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry. I literally told him I was like, I think you're a nightmare. Like, <laughs> I who said is that. This? I want to see the him, Mario, profile. Mario. Oh yeah. Oh. I'm he I'm getting like a these... divorce. I don't know if I mentioned that. It means earlier. he hates women now. Mario always had a thing about women. hating women. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. 
You said that. That's true. I did say that. New topic. Mario. I never said that. New topic. New topic. I don't know this I mean, guy. No, no, He's a stranger. This is, anyway, this is wait. actually this is actually on topic. Like how like how do you how do you resolve something with somebody that you think hates an entire category of people? How do you resolve yeah. that? You don't do resolve you... it. <laughs> No, I mean, like, I, you have to resolve it. If, if, like, if you if you actually think that about a person, then why would you talk to them? Oh, uh, you know, to fuck with them. I, I would just like to have an honest conversation and see, like, where that comes from. See, I don't think they're worth my time, typically. I mean, it depends. Like, if they're very hostile and won't even just have a conversation about sort of their rationale or their feelings, then I don't have time for that. But I'm always open if someone's like, I hate women. <laughs> I want to be like, where, like, what happened? Who says that? No life? one says that. That's not how the patriarchy works. I know, but I'm just saying hypothetically. If someone says, like, a woman-hating thing, I don't think he hates, I, I mean, I'm being, you know, glib. Let's talk about me. <laughs> no, we're not going to talk about you. Um... But it's just no. getting interesting, Mario. Huh? No, 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 it's that just would like be a, a I like fair thing of me to talk. I think you need to chime in more. You'd think what? You're not saying anything. Say you're that, never say that saying again. Anything? Guess what? You're not saying anything, and it's the radio, so they can't see you. That's because you guys are too interesting. No, That's Billy. Surprise! There's another person in the room. I am a little bit too interesting. I do. I will. I'll, I'll cop to that. Billy I'll is the Billy is the question asker. <laughs> also, Natalie, cast. I would like to say, um, back on the topic of um, my success on OK Cupid, um, yeah. I think that um, I am not particularly charismatic uh, when I uh, interact with someone online. But I've been building an online profile for so long that I, and I have so much experience doing that that my online profile kind of accurately rep shows what you're gonna get and I don't know would you agree with that would you just uh well I mean I don't see how I could because you yeah really... you don't know what yeah I mean I, I read your profile did you like are you how does he think it was like, gonna go very open on your profile like do you tend to because some people tend to keep it very sparse and, like, try to be more mysterious and coy, or are you just, like... Completely either? unmysterious. Okay. Um, I try, deliberately try to remove all mysteriousness. Um, I, uh, say what I think of stuff and... Just represent myself as best as best as I can, and it and you know that's embarrassing. Looking back on it, like looking back on old internet profiles, I'm like, oh my god, I was exactly like that. <laughs> it's awful. Like, uh, I don't know, but yeah, no, it's been. Uh... You can you can you can tell a lot about a person if if you can read between the lines. That's the other thing. If like. Or you can from work your site. From, from years of, like, reading all kind of internet performances. True. You, you, you get to learn, like, what does it mean when a person says this thing? 
Or you can whip yourself into a paranoid frenzy uh, thinking that you're actually right about what you intuit about other people's behavior based on patterns that you have recognized. Um, those That's are true, both but it's possibilities. Like, it's like you meet somebody, you, you saw their profile, and you meet the person. And then you compare. I've, and then you do I've it again. I've never been misled when I've met people that I've known online. That's Ooh, how, that's tell how me I more feel. about that. That's how I feel as well. It's like when I, I met you I, guys. But I haven't done online dating. I've just done online friending. <laughs> there was literally nobody that I met from LiveJournal that I did not expect to be exactly the way that they were in person. LiveJournal is different. And... That's super cool that you use LiveJournal as your dating pool because I totally did that like 10 years ago, you know? What? Uh, wh 15 I'm... years ago. Oh. That's how we know each other. What? Uh... That's how we all That's know how each we other. know each other. Through LiveJournal. And it, like, it so really funny. it really wasn't a surprise when I met when I when I met you, Kristen. It's it wasn't like a I'd... surprise for me. I felt like we knew each other. No, I read so much. So much. The travel writer that I um, was mentioning earlier, um, he had like a live journal from when he was in his, when he was like my age. And I went and read through his like old journal entries when uh, I started dating him. You know, he's, he's, he became a good travel writer, you know. And mm -hmm. it was just this like bizarre thing of like, getting to know someone in a backdated way, like like a retroactive getting to know someone through this, like, younger version of And I'm, like, totally the kind of obsessive person that if I ever fell in love with someone and, like, oh, yeah, on all of their online shit, like, I would, like, read every single entry. Every single entry. <laughs> Dude, okay, I used to do this thing where I dated, like, artists and writers and, you know, just artistic types, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously hoping that I could, like, fuck a book into them. You know what I mean? Wait, but, what? <laughs> you know, like, um, you know, make them write a book about me. Like, you'd be a muse. Them. Yeah. Okay. Fuck a book into them. Or, you know, some paintings, some songs, whatever. You know, it was recreation. Please. That's a that's a staggering act of narcissism, but do go on. Oh, I'm extremely narcissistic. <laughs> All right. It's fun. <laughs> anyway. I can't argue with that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I suffer no ill consequences for my narcissism. <laughs> Thank you. What? I said a lot of girls want to be muses. We have a friend that... I think for three years when I asked her what she wanted to do, she was like, I don't know, can I just, I really am depressed because I just want to be someone's muse and no one has taken me as their muse. Like, this is actually something she was sad about because, like, her idols were, like, Marianne Faithful and, like, Edie Sedgwick and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, it's hard not to love Edie Sedgwick. But, um, anyway. Did it ever happen for her, Nat? yeah. No, it did not. I told her she had to be her own muse. But the problem is, here's the thing. What happens when you date an artist who's no good? If you don't like worse. someone's art, yeah. it's awful. It's I can't date a shitty artist. Like, you have to like it. You have to like someone's art. Yeah, that like is 
kind of limiting. I'm just going to put that out there. I know that there's someone actually, I think, I think this is one of our mutual friends. I'm just trying to remember if she said it or not, but someone told me that if someone has really bad writing chemistry with her, it's like the hugest turn off ever and she'll never talk to them again. Like, like writing, that's like, really important. For me, like, like I've texting? dated a bunch of guys that I think, like, they can't spell or whatever, but then they express themselves really in a very interesting way in person, so that ties me over. But, it's yeah, it's interesting, like, what can shut something down. Was she talking about texting, or was, was she talking about, like, if like she reads? Yeah, if someone uses a lot of abbreviations, I'm just putting this out there, but if someone uses a lot of abbreviations, I often take their writing to be uh, disingenuous to a certain degree. Like, um, they, like if you're saying LOL all the time, I'm like, you don't actually mean that. You're just... What are you doing? What yeah, are you doing with that, that, LOL? But that's just taking it literally. I mean, people don't use it that way anymore. No, it's... There's like studies I don't, it. Yeah, I don't like that, though. If you're the type of person that's using, like, LOL like that, then mm, I don't think we're going to so, get... But here's the thing. Some people are really good at using internet slang and abbreviations and emojis in a very, like, subversive way. I don't even mean you're I'm right. on it. I mean, interesting. You are absolutely right. And some people are really good at drawing pictures at, like, like making a painting out of emojis, you know, like, by the, you know, or using them for jokes, and that's really awesome. And LOL, I will occasionally say LOL, but whenever I say LOL, I it's, say LOL all the time. it's, like, clear that... All the time. It's funny how, like, not allowed, but, know, lady. So, like, if we said LOL to each other in a text, we wouldn't be like, oh, that person's lame. But if I got it from, like, some other person, I, like, I would totally be, like, I'm never talking to this person again. It's all contextual. Just like, any, like I, What? It's all contextual, just like any use of language. Like, from you, Nat, like, I have the context of your whole personality. I don't know, I don't know if you say... LOL or not, but if you did, it would be in the context of knowing your whole thing. It wouldn't. It wouldn't matter one way or another. Mm. So speaking on this topic, you guys have to check out James Franco's Twitter because his new trend on his Twitter is he makes the faces of emojis. So like the smiley face that has like I can't do it, but has one eye closed with its tongue sticking out. Like he's gotten into this habit of like resembling the emojis and he takes selfies of himself. I love him. I am actually in love with James Franco. I'm uh, sorry. Louis C.K., James I Franco. To, I get it. I don't even know if this is a conversation for a pot. Like, I might have to tell you this OT off, off the record. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> did, you make well, out, did you make out with James Franco, Nat? I found out a lot of disturbing details. Oh my god, I about, want to know them so about, badly. About shit, about him. Mm-hmm. Can you stop recording so she can tell us? <laughs> I love him. I love him in a way that, like, I believe that we would be friends. Is that inaccurate based on the new information that's come to light? 
I mean, he's a very charming guy, but so was like Ted Bundy. <laughs> but what? Wait, it's not fair. I couldn't hear. She compared him to Ted Bundy. She said he's really? very charming. He's like a sociopath. I'll tell you guys after the podcast. Well, I won't be here, sadly, but one day I'm sure I'll hear the gossip about James Franco and I'll say, Natalie knew years before and I didn't stay after eight to find out what it was. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> It'll be a definitive life experience that I have, you know, six years from now. But... I'm just saying, because we're talking about emojis and stuff, he's mm -hmm. someone who uses emojis and, and stuff in a very interesting way. And his whole life now, like, the way that he leverages his celebrity is, like, a walking installation of internet culture. Yes. That's why I'm in love with him. Because he's funny. <laughs> that thing with the, with the teenage girl that had the, I don't know, the private Twitter exchange with him, did you, see, did you guys see that? No, yeah. I'll up right now. That was, I mean, that was that had to be something that he engineered from the get, right? Can you describe it for your listeners? Uh, it was him and maybe an underage girl, seventeen or something like that. Hey, Mario, can I tell this story? Off, off the record. No, I, I mean, this is already public, but I feel like... Yeah, 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 you, you know it better than I do. <laughs> so, he was on Broadway for like eight months doing Of Mice and Men, and he developed this routine where after the show, you would go outside, and it's called doing stage door, where it's like you go out and you like greet the fans, and you sign their playbills, and you take photos, and he, like, got this whole system together where it's, like, you had to take a selfie with him. So, like, let's say you're, like, a fan from Italy and you just want to take a regular photo. Unless your arm was, like, up to, like, take a selfie, he would move right past you. So he had, like, a protocol. And it got to the point where, like, the bodyguards outside the show are, like, Franco is coming out. Like, you need to, like, get ready to take the selfie or he's just going to walk past so, apparently, like, this girl from Scotland, she's 17 years old, she came to the States on vacation to New York and saw the show and, like, took this selfie with James Franco, and then he has, like, specific hashtags you have to use if you upload it on Instagram. So, she used the hashtag, he saw it, because he reviews them, like, every single day. And he saw it, she's, like, this cute blonde girl, and he immediately, like, contacted her, and it got to a point where, like, they somehow got each other's number, and he was like, how old are you? And she's like, 17. He goes, where are you staying? And she tells him the hotel in Times Square. But then it, like, what? he starts getting like really thirsty and starts being like, who are you with? And she's like, my mom. She's like, Matt, wait, are you the real James Hold Frank? up, hold up. I just want to shout out in a positive way your use of the word thirst. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I was down on that, too. Keep going. Okay. So he was really thirsty. I was just letting it ride. And, you know, it just, it, 
became like when you're reading the exchanges because she actually took screen caps of her phone it becomes like all of a sudden it becomes from like oh my god my favorite movie star contacted me to like fatal attraction and she she basically was like wait are you the real james franco my friends aren't going to believe it and he's like yeah i told you who i was and then she goes, wait, so before we continue, like, take a picture of yourself holding a sign that says Jim Franco, which is, like, everyone does this on the internet to show that they're legit. Mm-hmm. And so he did it, and he sent it to her. And she's like, oh, my God. But then he's like, where's your hotel? And, like, try and get with her. And she's like, look, like, maybe next year when I'm 18, like, I have a boyfriend. But it's just, like, what really stands out with this exchange is how insistent he was on seeing her, despite, like, knowing that she was on vacation with her mom, despite she was underage, blah, blah, And then she promised that she wasn't going to release, like, this exchange, but she clearly, like, blasted it on Twitter, <laughs> and her friends got a hold of it, and it became this whole national story. Oh, but the best part was... Oh, my God, I can't wait. There's a part where he texts her, what's your... And he puts the pound sign, like, the number sign, and she... Because she's so young and that sign means hashtag now to teenagers, she's like, what do you mean? (laughs) 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 Yeah. I want to see this exchange really badly. No, but, like, not taking no is a very scary uh, way to be, and, yeah, that's that's a a weird way to be. That's shitty, and he's weird, but, uh... I still like him. Sorry. I mean, I'm, I'm taking a pass on passing judgment until I see the thread. But, you know, I feel like... I don't believe anything. Here's like what, here's what people said about it at the time. They said that it was, it was uh, PR for his new movie, which is kind of related to... Wasn't it? I, I don't know what his new movie was about. That doesn't sound correct to me. So, I thought it was a hoax, because I totally think he's smart enough and savvy enough to pull it off. And there was a movie coming out where he plays a a teacher, like a coach, who has a relationship with a 16-year-old kid. There you go. So, So I thought, oh, okay, like, he is hooked. But it's like, it turned out to be, well, also it's weird is that when this stuff happens, they usually go to Scotland or wherever. And they interview the girl. They interview like everyone in the girl's life, and that never happened. It's like this girl never existed. Also, yeah. also so, he's just insane. He's also James Franco, and he's insane. He t- was taking studying four master's degrees at the same time. Like, um, ladies, I'm standing up to go pee. Sorry. What I think it's kind of unfair. Is that and my battery's gonna die, so I have to cut out soon. But what I think is really odd is the fact that. Because it was James Franco, and he's such a, like, sly, like, foxy kind of guy. People are like, oh, James Franco. But if this didn't happen to, like, a black dude or whatever, like, it would be the hugest scandal. Like CeeLo Green. I'm, yeah. reading, I'm reading the text right now. He goes, can I see you? And she goes, as long as you are James Franco. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Good point. Well said. Did did this actually happen to CeeLo Green, or are you just making that random comparison? Um, 
No, I don't know what happened with CeeLo Green. He, like, some lady said that she raped him, or that he raped her, and then he said some stuff on Twitter that, I don't I don't want to talk about CeeLo Green. That's fair. He goes, I, she's like, I'm kind of going to continue talking about this. Ladies. She goes, it's really gross, actually. She said, he's like, it's me. Yes or no. Tomorrow or Thursday. And then she gets hey. there and he's like, okay, be well. Ladies. Like, I'll come, ladies. She goes, I'll come back when I'm 18. And then he said, X. And she goes, well, this is a story my Scottish friends will never believe. He goes, she, he goes, don't tell. And then <laughs> she goes, I want, I just want proper evidence that it's you and I won't. He goes, I gave it to you. If you don't want to meet, then text me when you do. Bye. And she goes, you sound so dodgy, though. And he goes, Bye. It's, like, so wow. weird. Um, okay. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye, ladies. It Ariel's was very nice up. to meet you. Thank you for joining us um, on the podcast, Ariel. You're welcome. Goodbye. Thank you. Thanks for everything. Nice. Have a good awesome. night. Good luck with your house. Uh, thank you. You got to unlock both. I know. I have one. I have one. Bye, Ariel. Bye. Good night. Oof. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So what did everyone think of Ariel? Sorry, guys. The podcast is can so you long. tell me, I'm listening, but can you tell me where she came from and who she is and everything? Wait, Mario, wait a minute. Yeah, let's back up a little bit. Don't, don't we want to wrap up the podcast and say goodbye to all of our listeners? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I'm still recording this. Uh, uh, Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, you have been listening to Talking About Practice with your hosts. Billy Ray Stupendous. And me, the Mizza. And thank you very much to our special remote guest, Kay Money <laughs> from Chicago and Natalie from New York City. It's been a lovely time talking about not anything that we intended to talk about here's a song goodbye here's a song we don't know what the song is hopefully it'll, it'll wait i have a request what's the request i really and i know this is cheesy but i love frankie valley my eyes adored you he wrote it for his daughter that died practically okay we'll get it and we'll, get we'll, it. we'll play it so this is Frankie Valley, what you announced the song, Nat. So up next we have Frankie Valley, formerly of the Four Seasons, singing My Eyes Adored. See you guys next week. Bye. See how I adored you So close, so close and yet so far Carried your books from school Playing make-believe you married
So close and yet so close. 